This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. Good to see you again. You too. We are going to jump into topic here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we want to do a little bit of preliminary work here. First of all, just to remind you that you can go to practicalshepherding.com and access all of our website materials. That's articles. We have our books there, as well as over 100 podcasts, Jim. I think this have... is 140. <clears throat> is it really? Okay, yeah, so we're so... cranking away, guys. So feel free to go and, and uh, access whatever you'd like on the website. You can also go to the donate page that's there and give uh, a financial gift to help support all the work that we're doing. We greatly appreciate those who have, have done that and continue to do that. So thank you. You can also go to the contact page there on the website and reach out to us if there's a way we can be helpful to you. That's the best way to reach out to us, as well as additional podcast topics. Jim, if the people want to throw things out there, which we get quite often. It's very helpful. So yeah. so feel free to go and do that. But thank you for those who faithfully listen and reach out to us and encourage us through this work we continue uh, to do. Before we jump into topic, we I want us to give a little bit of an update. I'd like Jim, I uh, want to ask Jim about just how he's doing. And a lot of you know he's he battled another recent bout with Bell's palsy, which by God's grace has has cleared up in a, in a lot of ways from that was on the other side of the face. Mm. Um, and and some some other updates around just getting some time off. So Jim, will you give a quick update on what's how you're doing? What's going on? Yeah, thanks, Brian. I'd, I'd had some people ask uh, about that be, and realized we hadn't given an update. You know, but yeah, back in April, I had a couple of medical issues, uh, and uh, the one that looked like it was going to be the more lengthy or discouraging was the uh, having what's called bilateral Bell's palsy, that is a paralysis on both sides of your face, which is very rare. Um, by God's grace, the left side um, cleared up uh, within about three weeks or so, uh, for the most part. And I think I'm, I'm pretty much back to normal on the as left normal side. as normal gets for you. Yeah. Right? You know, well, yeah. when you look like me, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> you, what do you do? So, uh, and then, you know, the right side is, you know, is still, uh, an issue. It's, it's so much better than it was. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of people would say, Hey, is, is it completely gone? And then I'll do, I'll smile or something. They yeah. realize, Oh, okay. All right. It right. doesn't quite work. Um, you know, but I'm, again, I'm very, very thankful for that. Uh, when I was, uh, when I was in the midst of that, the bilateral Bell's palsy, and I did some investigating about, you know, what, what could be some underlying issues, it did bring to mind uh, how often I had been exhorted to take some time off and to do a sabbatical. And among other things, I, I realized that it's not wise to reject so much counsel from people you love. And mm-hmm. my elders and my good friend Brian and mm-hmm. uh, some of the older members of the church had exhorted me along that line. And, and particularly when I was there with you know bilateral Bell's palsy, uh, it was uh, one of the older men took hold of me, grabbed my shoulders, put his face up to mine and said, you need to take some time away. Mm-hmm. And I thought it's unwise uh, it, it, and, uh, to, to reject that counsel. So I'm going to be doing that, God willing, uh, middle of September to the middle of November. Excellent. Uh, I'll be away and my wife and I are actually going to go out to the West Coast and there's a church there that has uh, a cottage on their property and they're going to allow us to to live there rent-free, so uh, that's a, a really sweet provision of the Lord. I'm excited. I'm, I mean, I'm grateful that, that your Bell's palsy recovered on that side so quickly. I, I, I know a lot of us were concerned that, 
you're going to have this two, three, you know, this right. same it thing be two, three years again. like the other side, right? So really thankful for that. But I, I, I commend you in your rest, Jim. You're just sub, taking a sabbatical 30 plus years in, better late than never, you know? <laughs> so I, I do, well, yeah. I do commend you. I know, no, you know, I've you. known you a long yeah. time and, and I know it. you have demonstrated an effort to be teachable and receive and yet rec- model for us a lot of pastors who, who listen to this podcast regularly, who have trouble taking that much time or, or trying to understand that. So I, I commend uh, you for stepping into that and, and, all the, and receiving all the advice you got from people. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting. We can talk about it when I get back uh, about, hey, was it really all it's cracked up to be and, and should you really do it or, uh, or not? Because I've... I had long d- debated in my own mind about the profitability of it, though I am I'm anxious to see how it it works out. Just considering the way I'm wired and put together, so uh, good. I'll, I'll be looking forward to discussing that with you once uh, end of December or end of November rolls around. We we'll definitely make that a topic that we'll tackle. Yeah. So Brian, how about you? Uh, it has been nine months or so now since you have. Uh, been full time. You you uh, you were at Auburndale for seventeen years. You're right. no longer at Auburndale, and you've nope. you've joined another church. We did, and, yeah. Uh, just maybe just a real quick how you're doing, uh, how that transition has been for you and for your family. I got to talk to one of your kids the other day. I saw them at a restaurant yeah. and asked about it, and it's gone well. We have. Uh, it's been about. Well, I get first of the years when we started full time with the ministry, but we transitioned about you know a month before that from the church. It's gone really well. I am we joined uh, Hurstbourne Baptist Church, which is a mile from my house, and the pastors are good friends of mine. It's a it's a church. It's been a church revitalization for a lot of years, and has really turned, and is really starting to flourish. So it's, it's I've invested in the church for years in different ways. So it, it and and quite frankly. My wife and I just weren't, we're not even up for the, the exhausting church search of all places, Louisville, Kentucky. So we, we just made a, made a decision that we felt like this was going to be the best place for now. Of course, and it's worked out really well. I, I've, I really loved being there, making relationships, just being a, a, a member, yeah. a faithful member to go hear the word and support my pastors and pray, pray for them and, uh, and to get to know people. So it's been great. My, my family has done great in this transition. And in a lot of ways, they were ready for this transition for me. Uh, so, but we've had a lot of transition in our family. My wife is working full time as a counselor now for the first time, really since we've had children. Mm. And uh, my son moved out of, moved away, took a job in Minnesota. And my, you know, my middle daughter is driving and a senior in high school. And so it, it's, yeah, it was just a lot in the last six months, not just my transition from the church to practical shepherding, but but also so many things in our life. Mm. But the family's doing well in, in light of it. One of the biggest changes for me has probably been I, I'm set to probably preach about 25 Sundays somewhere mm. this year, and that's been di- certainly different. Um, to I'm so I'm at my home church when I'm in town, but when I'm out preaching somewhere, but that's been a real a real joy because I finally have been able to go to s- some churches and preach and meet the people of churches that have supported me in this ministry for years, and I've never been had the time to go and meet those people and be able to preach and share a little bit. And so that's been a really, that's been a really sweet time to be able to do that. So I I really, at at the six month mark, as far as this year, I don't think I could be more encouraged with how I feel things are going and, and how much I'm enjoying the work that I'm getting to do. Brian, maybe just real quickly, you, the, the transition, uh, mentally, physically, spiritually from the 
because you were never you were never just pastor at, at Auburndale. You've you've always had your uh, a num- number of irons in the fire, and and particularly the burden of practical shepherding. On top of that, do you, do you find that it's been healthful for you? Do you find it's been in some ways reinvigorating and refreshing for you? That is a great question. And yeah, the three hats of the of pastoring and then practical shepherding and then Southern Seminary, my role there yeah. became just too much to do all of that. And I really felt stretched thin. I also feel like I, I had no capacity uh, to breathe creativity. I mean, I'm a creative person and it just it vanished in the midst of trying to do everything and just be exhausted from that. So one of the things I noticed is my capacity to think and dream and create uh, has come came back within a couple of months. Uh, my uh, my ability to be able to just process things, mm. uh, my my mind became clear. Yeah, uh, from not having so much there. And let's be honest the the burden the burden to pastor a church it's a it's a joyful burden is the way we describe being a pastor. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of joy, unique joy in it. But there are burdens that I've literally carried every day of my life for the last 25 years. And when I finally let go of that, the the feeling that that created the space in my soul is kind of the best, probably the best way to say it, was that was created in that moment uh, really helped me regroup. You know, mm. and and from a, so from a mental and emotional, but a spiritual standpoint, uh, has has really been invigorating. And I, there's certainly aspects of pastoring I miss, but at the same time, I'm I'm getting to. I'm getting to do so much of those things with pastoring pastors and hmm. with that revving up and being able to do that. It's just, I just love what I'm getting to do. And yet I feel like I have more capacity to do it. So it's been a big, it's been a big help to be able to at least let go of, of one of those things that let's face it. I mean, it's, it is quite a burden to be, to, to that if you do, if you pastor it rightly, the way we're mm-hmm. called to, you, you, you know, it's that second Corinthians four idea that we, we die a bit, we die. So you live. Right and and I experienced that over the course of two two and a half decades, and it's different burden now. And, and there was there's a different feeling around that. Brian, this is really going to take off into what we're going to talk about. Yeah, and, and really this is tied in with our discussion today about how autobiographical, if at all, should we be in our our ministry? Yeah, and I wonder, Brian, even <clears throat> excuse me, as you say what you just said. My, part of my mind went to, would you ever have said that to your congregation? Would you ever talk about <clears throat> how burdened you felt uh, as you tried to, to labor for them, what a heavy weight that you carried, and to, be, and to open up about that? And, it, and that goes to the larger question of, do we talk about <clears throat> ourselves? Do we bring ourselves? You know, Paul says, we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves as bondservants for your sake. There have been men in in ministry that if you read their sermons, you would you would know almost nothing about them, and some of them are very very uh, persuaded that that's right. And I'm going to use a man like Martin Lloyd Jones. Right. Yeah. I think if you listen to, to if you read his preaching and preachers, I believe he deals with it in there. Uh, but then again, you could listen to him, and you wouldn't necessarily know he was a grandpa. You wouldn't know his grandkids' names. You wouldn't know who his kids were. You wouldn't necessarily know if he was married. You wouldn't get any glimpse into family life. You wouldn't get any glimpses into mm-hmm, yeah. uh, his own, you know, the the burdens he carried. Uh, other men like Spurgeon, 
were very autobiographical. Right. He t- tells his testimony numerous times, and uh, he talks about uh, himself quite a bit in his lectures to my students. Uh, he brings uh, himself and his experiences in. His, his struggles, too. His, exactly. Yep. Yes, right. So Zach Eswin wrote a whole book on Spurgeon's sorrows. How did he know about Spurgeon's sorrows? Because Spurgeon talked about it. He, it was worthy he, of a whole book. That's it was right. worthy of a whole book, right. And, and, and he is gleaning quotation after quotation from sermons and and writings uh to to do that brian did you how did you work through this in your own life and ministry and uh, how did you develop convictions about it because i think particularly in your setting the and sbc churches are famous used to be famous at least for certain kinds of preaching among those was a lot of storytelling this is just the typical right. you know the stereotypical and a lot of talk about y- yourself some men in coming to maybe a greater understanding of the importance of ministry and preaching may then skew away from that totally because they've seen it abused how did you work that out in your own life or what did you see modeled in preaching and then how did you come to your own convictions <clears throat> Well, yeah, there's a lot there, but I, I would first say, no, I would not, to answer your original question, I would not stand up in front of my church and just say, you know, you guys are just a burden. That's not <laughs> helpful, I don't think. So I'm trying yeah, to recall. I don't, I don't know how to do, if you say that, but you say ministry is a burden. Loving you, you know, carry, you, know, you carry, you, I don't know how to say, you know, and I'm not saying, hey, listen, know. I'm going to look at some of you right now in particular. Maybe if everybody would just put your heads down for a minute now, but you know, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, so so I but it's a it's a fair question because that I what I said was real as I'm reflecting back on it there is a a long time if you do this work rightly I think it is there is a unique burden like that. But no, and I do think there's a there's a balance in in communicating personally how you're doing to the church. And 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 obviously, I mean, you're you're called to this. You've chosen to do this. It's it's not it's not something you ever blame on somebody like that. So I, I wouldn't do that. But I, to get to your other points you were making, uh, I I had to work through this so that the spectrum you're talking about, I was in a SBC church that fits the bill exactly like you were talking about, a larger church where the pastor told it a bunch of stories, didn't exposit the text, hardly spent time in the text. So I mean, like it was, it was a tough place to be, did not feel fed by the word. I could tell the church wasn't being fed by the word. Mm-hmm. And so I remember when I left there and then I went to Pastor Auburndale as the senior preaching every week, I swung to the other side in, mm-hmm. in a way, and I would say in an unhelpful way. So that's what I did, and it took me a few years to realize that's what I had done. By the way, to add to that, I had also been taught, I, I had also had some mentors who had similar advice that Lloyd-Jones would give mm-hmm. in that, look, just preach the text and you know don't be autobiographical. Don't share personal things, all those kinds of things. Just focus on the text, and and that's how what God's going to use. So I had the abuse of one side, and then I had a, and then I had the voices of mentors telling me, sure. So I understand why I swung so far the the extreme, but I want to acknowledge. I found it. I think it was very unhelpful for this revitalization context, who had never heard this kind of preaching anyways. Mm-hmm. By possibility <clears throat> preaching through books. So I was young and didn't understand how to balance that. Well, is what I would say. It took me probably about four or five years even to to mm. learn how to balance that back. But what I found was how helpful it was to have some autobiographical information in my sermons, because it 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 personalized it for people who were trying to process hearing preaching like this. It 
let people get to know it, it, it helped them get to know me better. Mm-hmm. It uh, it humanized me. I, I just so I think there's tons of reasons to be autobiographical in a sermon. And I remember when I made when I was struggling with this, and a friend of mine said to me, you know, gave me this advice in the early years. Said, you know, you you just serious like all the time. You don't right. share any personal thing. And I remember saying to him, and it was this this reactionary thing from the previous church. Look, I just don't want anybody to think that I'm you know, that I'm playing around. Like, this right, is serious right, work. Right, right. And, and this is God's word, and I, I just don't want to communicate. And his response to me was was classic, and, and it was really helpful. He said, uh, he goes, look, man, I, I don't think anybody's ever going to accuse you of not taking this seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, I was way over the top, too serious. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And that was help. That, that planted some seeds for me to eventually, you know, balance out. And I would say that being autobiographical – Creates some breathing room in what can be just heavy sermon, mm. and I so I'm a big fan of it. So I would lean more towards Spurgeon now. Twenty years ago, I would lean towards Lloyd Jones' right. approach, but now I'm a big fan of how Spurgeon, and I think it's part of what made you know Spurgeon so effective. So there's a little bit on how I respond to your question, but I want to I want to throw it back to you because uh, we you know you've also been on a on a process too around this. I mean, you were taught. Pretty much like Lloyd Jones, correct? I think we were I, we were taught. I, I hope I think with some degree of balance, and and that is that there are there are different models out there, and even in the scriptures, the Apostle Paul is very autobiographical. I agree. I agree. Uh, he talks about his past. We know about his schooling. We know about his conversion. We know about his struggles. We know emotionally how he's feeling toward churches. He bears his heart, as opposed to say uh, the Apostle John. Uh, John is John gives almost in his letters very little, very little, yeah. other than he talks about he he really only <clears throat> alludes to the fact that he was an apostle, uh, that his hands handled the word of life in in First John one. Uh, Peter's not very biographical. I think, you know, Peter does he references the Mount of Transfiguration, and that's about it. Yeah, that's he, true. He, he he doesn't go around telling the story about what it was like denying Jesus or what it was like to. I mean, it, can you imagine if you'd had Peter's experience? What you're, you you could have a whole ministry built about around that time you walked on water, uh, that time you fell in, that time you put your foot in the mouth, that the time you cut off a guy's ear, you know, the time you, whatever it is, you're, yeah. when your mother-in-law was healed. The, the Bible gives a lot of biography about Peter, but he's not autobiographical. Right. And right. so you, we, what I'm saying is that you have both examples in the scriptures. Yeah. And as we are striving to be, and we're striving to be as edifying and as helpful and as clear and as engaging as we can in public ministry. I think I think we all want to do that. And, and for some, as they work that out according to what their personality is, uh, what their reserve is, uh, they're going to. Some are going to probably be guilty of sharing too much. Um, oh, I was lusting after this one woman in the church. Y'all remember Sue? I mean, she was a knockout. You know, guy. You know, like, dude, no, you don't. Yeah, please that, don't that's ever. A bad that idea. is right. horrible. Right. Don't don't say that. Right. Um, but at the same time, sometimes when you're talking about maybe say relational struggles in the church or people thinking ill of each other, you might say sometimes, brother, I'm going to shock you here, but I've battled this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yep. I have, you know, I, this is, this is not, I'm not just looking at you. I'm not just shaming you. I'm, I'm, whatever it is. I've been there. I've, I've had those kinds of, 
of battles, those kinds of struggles. Or, you know, if you're going to preach Romans 7, the good that I would do, that's autobiographical. Yep. And to say to yourself, you know, you know, brothers and sisters, you ever been there? Friends, you ever been there? You know, and, yeah. and, and I can tell you, I, 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 I'm not just exegeting a text. I have entered into this experience, both of the low and of the high. Something like that can be, I think, can be very helpful because, yeah. it, again, it, it, it helps it not to be, uh, it's not just bare, the Bible doesn't give just bare naked theology. It gives it gives theology. A lot of the theology of the Bible is given through biography, and it's worked out in providence. So right. I'm, I'm right. preaching right now through uh, the the Song of Moses. I've been preaching through Deuteronomy, and God doesn't just say to them, "I'm I'm sovereign and I'm good." He talks about how He fed them and how He led them and how He did those things. So He's taking theological truths about himself and then and then he's actually he's being autobiographical yeah and he's entering into the experience of the people to show them that this is theology as it were in action and i think that's part of what we want to try to convey as we're preaching the word yeah that's a great point and i think i just want to because i know there's different schools of thought with this i want to i do want to honor them i will say this though if you are a if you are a pastor preaching regularly every week uh, it one of the one of the reasons one of the things I would advocate the most to be somewhat autobiographical in a sermon, if you're preaching regularly to the same people, is that it humanizes you to them. Yes, and so the argument, and again, I have friends that have this argument, but this is my pushback on it. The argument that I don't want to be personal, I don't want to talk about those those kinds of things. It, and they and it's because I don't want to detract from the word. Exactly. I, I said, okay, I want to honor that you don't want to detract from the Absolutely. word. Absolutely. But I'm telling you, you your people, unless you humanize yourself to them, they do not humanize you. Mm. And and I I have found this over and over and over again. And and I just want to I want to push and advocate in that way that those who are maybe listening and wrestling through the balance of this. It's going to be different for everybody. But look, if you're a faithful expositor through books of the Bible, you spend the overwhelming amount in your sermon on the text and the direct application of it. Right. Uh, to, to You are not in danger of making that sermon about you. You just aren't. Yeah, and some I, I have might back be, on you know, that. Right. I, I, I agree. I mean, obviously, there's some. There's a reason why there's a that the extremes exist. And it's because some people have said under ministries where a guy is almost nothing but autobiographical and, and, and maybe boastful and maybe just he's... Which is what know. I experienced the, some of this preaching yeah, I And so you, under, you so. push against that. But I can remember, Brian, that... Well, let me, let me back up a little bit. I think the fact that we live our lives before people, you shepherd the flock that's among you. And if you're if you're vulnerable and you you open up about things in your life and people have an idea and maybe you're struggling about one of your kids or, or again maybe you have a wayward child maybe you're an older older man you have a wayward child and you come and you preach the prodigal son <clears throat> in your regular course yeah and suddenly you don't even have to you don't have to talk about your kid it's there right and and, and it adds and people will see as you preach about a, a yearning father it's it's biographical and I say without being autobiographical mm-hmm. uh, when I was preaching through second Samuel and this would have been in 1994 in January of 94 uh, our our firstborn son was born dead he mm-hmm. had the cord wrapped around his neck yeah 
a beautiful nine pound boy, uh, perfectly formed, but you know, he, he died mm. in the process of birth. Mm. Um, and a few months later, <clears throat> I'm preaching, uh, David pleading for the life of his son. Wow. Um, and I didn't say a word about my own experience, Yeah, right. <clears throat> but I'm struggling even here. The whole congregation was in tears. Mm. Uh, I'm talking about this yearning and this pleading, mm. and how can you do that? I mean, you're, you're, you know, if you've experienced those things, uh, yeah. uh, Bill Hughes. Now, if Bill Hughes were to preach about the loss of a wife, or yeah. other men that I know, you know, that uh, if you preach about bodily weakness, Paul, time I was with you in weakness. You know, I, I can't. My congregation knows my health struggles, and mm. and and I bear the marks on my face every time I preach mm-hmm. uh, in front of them uh, with a droopy eye and a crooked mouth and and certain letters I can't pronounce correctly that I used to be able to do. Uh, and, and they can look at that, and it whether you articulate it or not, uh, it's there. Um, you know, so I, I think it, it, what we're looking at is maximum edification. We're asking ourselves, uh, how can I most effectively present this? Because and and yet we are at times entering into the emotions of God's people. Mm-hmm. And Paul did that. I mean, Paul Paul, Paul pled with people uh, and 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 brought himself. You know, I, I begot you. Uh, you know, you you wouldn't have heard without me. You know, th- those kinds of things. And will you now turn away from me? Will you now? I'll love you even. I'll love you even if you don't love me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- those kinds of things. That that's pathos. Hmm. That is meant to grab not just the intellect but the hearts of God's people. And if our experience in our marriage, our parenting, our own experience with God, our own battle with sin, our own relishing of the grace of God uh, ought to be, I think, can be utilized in a very helpful and edifying way. Jim, I appreciate you sharing that. And I, I, I think you've just made a wonderful point about the image that kind of, as, as we kind of bring this to a close, and that's, you know, the, the part of, part of, uh, effective preaching is living our life in front of our people mm-hmm. and for them to know us in that way. And so I think the danger that I have watched is, and by the way, I can personally testify to this. Though so you can have a, if you have a hard conviction that I'm not going to share anything personal in any sermon, yeah, and then you're closed off personally to your congregation, um, you ha- you run a risk of them not knowing you mm-hmm. at all. And so uh, the the goal is not to be open to share autobiographical in a sermon, so they can just get to know you. I mean that can happen, but I think there, you have articulated really beautifully. There's the full package of this. When you pastor people, hopefully you, you they your lives become intertwined yes. together. And so when you preach a text like that, you don't have to bring this up. They know this about you already. They know it's mm. a part of your life. And I think that's part of effective pastoral preaching to the same group. I agree. So I think that would be that would be more like if I'm gonna throw a final caution out, it would be, you know, as you wrestle through this, don't just wrestle through whether or not you're willing to share autobiographical information about your in in a sermon, uh, but how closed off are you personally to the church? Sometimes those things go together. There's this approach to pastoral ministry of protection. And so I'm just shutting myself off from everybody for the mm. sake of protection. Right. And I would discourage that. I, I would I would just want to encourage pastors to be mindful of 
is the lack of sharing a, just a deep conviction about how you want to preach, or is it another way to really shut your life off right. from your people? So, right. any final word of exhortation around this? Jim? No, that's good, Brian. Again, I, I'm just going to get back to all things on edification, and one of the things. Get back to this living theology. The heart of our message is, is, is the heart of that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that if we'd believe on him, we would not perish but have everlasting life. Mm. That's our biography. Mm. The son of man came to seek and to save that which is lost. We were lost and he sought us and he saved us. And so when we're talking about, when we're talking about, when we're opening up justification, we're talking about there's no condemnation for those mm. who are in Christ Jesus. It's not just naked theology. Yeah, that's right. That's lived out. Yeah. And, 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 you know, someone had said long ago, you know, we are, we are beggars sharing with others where we found bread or mm-hmm. one of the, I, I, I don't even want to misquote the lyrics, but the song, I'm, I'm a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who saved <laughs> my soul kind of a thing. And that enters into it. We we can't talk about this. The Christianity is 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 truth, is theology, but it's theology lived out. Yeah. It it has the personal pronouns. I think Luther said that the difference between true and false Christianity is the ability to articulate personal pronouns. Mm-hmm. My God, my God. Uh, I'm I'm hungry for my God, mm-hmm. uh, who loved Jesus, who loved me and gave Himself for me. Mm-hmm. It's found in the ability of personal pronoun. And mm-hmm. Luther, of course, was very you know autobiographical. Right. Uh, but I think that that when we are sharing the heart of that, we ought to. We've been cleansed in this fountain open for sin and uncleanness. We've been loved with an everlasting love, and to convey the joy uh, of that, I think, is important, that that ought to be known. And whether we articulate that that's biography, that is biography. Yeah, it is. As, right. we, are, as we are yeah. giving that. No, that's helpful, Jim. Let me take a minute and just and pray for <clears throat> those listening that they would be able to find this balance in their own ministry, in their own life, in their own just within their own conscience. Lord, thank you for the testimonies we have of, of hope because of Jesus and what he's done for us. And we ask, Lord, that, that you would help each pastor, each listener to be able to know how to uh, to balance this the approach of not just preaching, but sharing our lives with others as pastors. Lord, would you help us to keep us from protecting ourselves to where we close ourselves off from others mm-hmm. and lose the benefit of Christian relationships and friendships. And so we pray, Lord, that you would even help us not just think through our preaching, but our very lives and how we share them with others and how you call us to do that. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.